Hi guys and welcome back to the Average Pundits podcast, your home of all things Premier League. Got a very interesting topic we're going to be talking about at the moment regarding arguably two of the best players on the planet, but arguably the best duo, you know, best when they're playing together, the best duo on the planet. I mean, it's the evidence is there. I'm sure we will delve into that. Um, as always, I'm joined by Reese. How are you doing, Reese? I am doing pretty good. You know, Liverpool picking up their form uh, this weekend, uh, scraping past Sheffield United. But this podcast right here is the one. Uh, I think that we've got two players, two very interesting players to talk about, as you all know from the title of this podcast. And yeah, it's it's always good to be uh, to to be back in average pundits land. But also, we are as of recording, we are four subscribers away from one hundred now. Mr. Brody has a little special event coming up on Thursday, the day after this podcast comes out. So I want all of them, all of the people to come in and let's try and get Joe a hundred subscribers for his birthday. That's, that's kind of a collaborative average pundits effort. Yeah, that would be a, be a very nice birthday gift. I mean, I think it's, wait, hang on a minute. I think it's, no, it's Friday. Friday. That's the day we'll be looking for it. Friday. That's where I want the results. Okay. Come in. So Friday, I think, do you reckon we can do it? Do you reckon it's manageable? I reckon, I reckon we can. Let's go. Yeah, I we can we do it. it. <laughs> but yeah, but guys, as Reese said, we are very close to our end of year goal uh, being competed in October, which is absolutely fantastic. So thank you for all the support. Please dig deep. We're really close now. We're not far away. So all the support, all the likes, all the shares, all the watches, you know, that's what we're looking for. So thank you very much, guys. But moving more into, into the football and talking a bit about what we want to say this week, um, Tottenham at the moment, Harry Kane and Hyungmin Son have been the duo that I think we've been exceedingly impressed by, as well as you know a lot of people in the league. And I think they, I th- I'm not to say they're underrated, but at the moment I feel like what they're doing as a duo, as the two of them, one scoring, one assisting, it's arguably, in my opinion, the best in the world currently. I mean, I know you know it's a, it's, it's a big statement, but that's what we want to talk about today. Tottenham, in my opinion, are by no means a club with, with all the answers. There's a lot of questions there. And one minute they're looking, you know, completely solid. And, and the next minute, you know, it, it, there's issues there. But attack-wise, those two, are, they just can't put a foot wrong. It was a 1-0 win over the weekend. But, you know, it's the same old story. You know, one of them assisting the other. I don't honestly think, you know, you give them the momentum. If they had the players behind them, that attacking duo is it, world-beating. It's absolutely unstoppable. It's a shame they're not in the Champions League this season. It's a crime. Genuinely. Uh, I think um, a showcase like the Champions League is something that you just need a duo like Kane and Son to be on. And I think that with that, that showcase, with the lack of showcase, I think they're going to have to um, just kind of settle for the... They're in the Europa League this season, aren't they? Yeah. Um, I genuinely think Spurs are a favourite for the Europa League this season. And then that gains them automatic rights to the Champions League next year, uh, depending on if they don't, in fact, you know, make it to the top four. So... I think a showcase like the Champions League is a shame that they're not a part of it, especially as the title of this podcast is. Kane and Son right now could be untouchable as duos uh, in the world right now, especially, I think, yeah, as we're going to go into more detail, especially inside of the Premier League, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, Harry Kane in particular. If we, 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 start, we start talking about Kane first. Um, we've had about, what, like seven, seven, six, six, seven years of Kane in the Premier League now? 
yeah, so, about, you know, yeah, six. Yeah, he's reaching like the mid, the mid, to, mid to late areas of his career. Like, he's in the he's in the best kind of goal scoring form, you know, around these years. And we've seen consistency. We've we know he's got consistency in his locker, and he's done that for club and country. But um, the only thing I think with Kane that is the issue. I mean, everyone talks about the injury problems, but it's how much of a setback the injuries can be when they do come about. I mean, you look at what he's like when, he, when, when he's not injured and when he starts finding the form, you know, he looks absolutely incredible. I don't know of a striker with the passing range like, like Kane. I think he's the best. I think he has the best passing of a striker in the world. I, I'll, I'll say that on the record now. I think his vision is brilliant. I, th- I think th- three best visions in the league, De Bruyne, Kane, Trent. I can't, two, three, I can't, can't three, disagree. Three of the best ones in the league. I would honestly, I'd say three of those, if not the best, they're definitely in the conversation. So, you know, Kane's 100%. Nobody, I think, is doubting Kane's class when he gets on, you know, kind of this goal-scoring form. But the injury issues are still there. And I feel like that's going to be what halts him in his career. I mean, we're, we're moving to a stage now where Tottenham need to start winning things. They have to. They are a big club. They are a big club now. They've got arguably the best stadium in Europe, best stadium in the world could be, you know, absolutely incredible ground. They've got the funding. They've got the players. You know, they have got good players there. But without the silverware, I know it's like, oh, it's not all about... So it is to an extent, let's be honest. You need to have the trophies to kind of back the status. And I feel like they've been knocking on the door for so long now. They were knocking under Poch. They've been knocking under Mourinho at times, it's been looking like. But they need something. They need something. And I think that's a lot of the time why Mourinho gets brought in as a manager. He gets brought in to kind of secure this. And Kane is definitely a player with aspirations, I'd say. But how do you keep a player with aspirations at your club without the titles? I mean, you make him captain, maybe. You know, you start playing him every week. You know, if, but after, after a while, you, know, you, you, you stop doing that. You stop becoming just the club hero. And what else is keeping you there? Because if a big club comes knocking and there's a chance for Kane to get his hands on some silverware, I mean, I, I think he's still t- potentially vulnerable to go. I don't know about you. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, like you say, with, with the fact that Spurs don't have any silverware, I think it does actually affect him mentally because he, he might start to think, is it me? And it's that point where you think, is Kane's confidence going to drop as a player because he can't take this team, uh, especially with the other world-class players? I mean, you know, he's had players, like, you know, as we've been talking about with Son, uh, and also, you know, he's had world-class players like Ericsson that have got to come through in Vertonghen and, and, and all those players that have gone and left. But also, uh, yeah, I, think, I think it's a point where Jose Mourinho needs to sit Kane down and be like, look, I'm here to stay. I'm here to win. I need you to be here to stay to win. We have a lot of world-class players. However, you know, whether it's Levy that you know, is going to help us find the players that we need as well. Uh, because obviously Levy loves the club. So if they all work as a combined effort to build the team around Kane and get him the service that he needs, I think that that's going to be the way forward. Like there are pockets in this team that aren't exactly up to scratch. You know the right back situation. And, you know Sergio is a, a good player, but I think it's time for them to move on because as soon, since Trippier left, I think there's a big hole in that defence as well, and all, they've also got to fill the void of Vertonghen. Well, they brought Doherty in, and I, th- I think Doherty's looked decent. I mean, he was somewhat underwhelming in the grand scheme of things from some of the names that were linked. I mean, one name which seemingly hasn't gone anywhere, which I think has confused a lot of people, was Max Ahrens from, from yeah. Norwich. You know, a, a relegated side, but a player worth saving. But, you know, that was someone that never went through, which I thought was, was a potential at the time. But 
although I think the pull was a bit underwhelming in Doherty, he's a competent player. Um, he looked quite good going forward in the times I've seen him for Spurs. You know, um, I think he's, he's still yet to fully gel with the team. That will come with time. But like you said, that has been a problem position for quite a while, as is seemingly the rest of the defence, you know. Um, but I mean, this year, I mean, the defence has been the issues for the majority of clubs, especially up at the top, which is going to make <laughs> potentially the end of this season quite interesting to see all come out on, on top. But but Tottenham are one which definitely need to to, to, to focus on something. You, you said it yourself, uh, Jan Vertonghen's already left the club. Uh, you've still got Toby Alderweireld kicking about, which, you know, I, don't, I didn't think I'd say a couple of years ago if he'd still be at Tottenham or not, but he is. Um, you've also got Davinson Sanchez, who when they signed him, I was thinking this is this is a coup. You know what an absolute player. You know the, I'd seen him in, in brief pockets before in, in in the Europa League that season, and I'd also you know seen a couple of other glimpses of him. And I thought he looked a very good player, and now it's just seeming like form is is the problem. He's a very good defender, but just the lack of form. And his partner isn't solidified. You know with Alderweireld, there's Eric Dio that occasionally pokes his head around the door every now and again. Defence is the issue for most clubs, I think. So, yeah. it would be... I mean, signing Sergio Reguilon was absolute brilliant signing, but there's question marks on, you know, buyback clauses and stuff with him. But this is, this is the thing with Tottenham now. They've got the, the manager, the pulling power. They've got the players around them to potentially project them further. And this is the kind of thing which will make players like Son and Kane, you know, want to stick around at the club and, and play for the badge, which, which I think they do. But it just gets to a stage after a while where it's like, what more can I do? You know, I'm putting in the goals, I'm putting in the effort, I'm putting in the assists, but I'm just not getting the results. Um, Kane is one that we've discussed in quite full. Hyungmin's son, an absolutely phenomenal player and an underrated player, a criminally underrated player. Um, only seems like yesterday they signed him. He came out of Bayern Leverkusen, didn't he? And, and he comes straight to Spurs and seemingly pre- a pretty instant impact and that's just grown in, 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 in the in the growing season so I mean Hyungmin Son how would you describe Son as a player? Oh he's technically he's his ability on the ball is is fantastic I mean the, the ability to run at defenders and keep the ball so close to him whilst actually beating their opponents as well and uh, let's just not I mean let's just not even go there for his finishing ability because his finishing ability is oh it, it's it's improved so much as a player and to see a player like Son come from a country that's not exactly known for producing world-class talent like South Korea, you know, when's the last time that we had a really world-class player? And now we're starting to talk about the national team of South Korea and, you know, Hyungmin Son has been the forefront of that and the movement, he not, you know, not only is he fantastic on the pitch, he's, he's amazing off the pitch. I mean, he helped his country as well. Um, you know, he, he won enough games to not do any military service. So he was granted that as well. Uh, I think Son is just, there's a, a few words that you can describe him as, and it's only positives. Uh, yeah. he, he's, he's, he's not really a bad guy. Everyone loves Son. Yeah, that is true. He is genuinely a very likable person in the league. And when we did the marketable football, uh, footballer episode of the Pundits, which was, you know, a while ago now, if you haven't seen it, go and check it out. We spoke quite a lot about Sun and his presence as an Asian footballer in the Premier League. And South Korea, as a country which has influenced quite a lot of Western culture in all sorts, you know, in food, in, in, in music, you know, all, all of the years, a lot of stuff is coming from Korea, bridging over to the, to, to, to the you know, Western civilization. And sport was kind of one, you know, they didn't really have many, to, to my knowledge, too many famous names for, for sport. You know, part, probably, you know, Ji Sung Park is the most notable South Korean player to certainly grace the Premier League. 
um, then all of a sudden, you know, up comes this 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 new kid up and comer into the prem, and now he is literally a cult hero. So I mean, aside from what he does on the pitch, he's an absolutely idolised in his home country, and he, and you know, and the rest of the world love him as well. So there's, like you said, he's an extremely likable player. Um, as also highlighted in the in the documentary as well, he definitely came across as, as a good guy in the doc. Of course. Um, but I mean, we're at a stage now where we're talking about his efforts on the pitch, and like you said, his finishing has improved drastically. I mean, I I felt the sting of that in that six-one loss to Spurs, which was absolutely flattering. The less said about that, the better. But you know. <laughs> Both Kane and Son in that, you can't even fault them. You know, obviously our, we were a defensive sh- shambles, but you know the two of them just capitalised on that. I mean, not, a lot of it was United were awful, but it wasn't enough. If Spurs were great in that game as well, which they were, so you know a massive fair play to them in that game, unfortunately. But um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Kane and Son as a duo, statistic wise, they've been absolutely going mental, haven't they? Indeed, and now it's time for a sort of little segment of Reese's Statistic Breakdown or Reese's <laughs> Statistics Corner or whatever I'm going to call it. Um, but we'll, I think we'll start with, with Harry Kane. Uh, a lot of people might have known this uh, coming out of this weekend, but Harry Kane has just broken a new Premier League record. Uh, he's the first player, uh, he's scored the, well, been involved in the most goals after six games. Uh, he has scored five goals and he's got eight assists which is 13 goals. Uh, I'm, not sure, I'm not quite sure what the previous record was, but that is now a new Premier League record. Um, Son, at the moment, he's got eight goals. He's the top goal scorer in the Premier League, just overtaking Dominic Calvert-Lewin. And he's also got two assists as well to himself. Um, but together, on the pitch, they are you know, they're the only duo, like striking duo to feature in the top six goal scorers. Uh, so you have... Kane uh, sitting in sixth, and you've got Son featuring first, uh, which is quite insane. Like if you compare it to other strike partners, Salah and Mane are third and eighth. You know, uh, both of those combined um, are not as good as Kane and Salah. Now, here is where the statistics get quite insane for this season. Spurs have scored sixteen goals this season. Only three goals have not been either Kane assisting Son or Son assisting Kane. And those are the goals from uh, Tangi and Dombele, Serge Aurier and Lucas Moura. Um, all of those either did have an assist from Son or Kane, which apart from, I think, maybe Serge Aurier's goal, which is absolutely insane. Like, the, the amount of times, like, 13 goals have direct impact from Son or Kane. I think work, this just shows their team chemistry. Work rate isn't the word, is it? You know, it, it is absolutely phenomenal. Like right now, we've got so many accomplished attackers in the league. You know, it's, it's been, it's, we're at a stage now. I mean, some of the names being thrown around, you know, at all, at all clubs now, they're, they're, all clubs have got like flexing ability up front. You know, they can say, you know, oh, our guy is this, our guy's that. But, you know, Kane and Son right now are 100% Tottenham's biggest assets. You know, they've got they've got the stadium, they've got the diehard fans, but Kane and Son, that's, you know, was what I think is going to be the, the, the difference makers for them this season. But the crucial thing is, is that if that duo can stay fit together, you know, Son's injury record is not as prolific as Kane's, but we all know, you know, history repeating itself would not be the best thing in the world. But, okay, this is where we bring some more statistics back into it, okay? So this season, okay, 
Hyungman Son's conversion rate from open play. This is how we're going to break it down. I've broken it down by the top goal scorers in the Premier League at the moment. So Hyungman Son, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Patrick Bamford. It's weird to say that. It's yeah. so weird to say Patrick <laughs> Bamford. Um, Mohamed Salah, uh, Jamie Vardy, and also uh, Son's strike partner, Harry Kane. So let's start with Kane, for example. Uh, so Harry Kane this, this season has had 29 shots and scored four goals. That's a conversion rate of 14%. Um, compare that to also Mohamed Salah, who has got the exact same record from open play, four goals with 29 shots. Uh, Jamie Vardy is just above those with two goals and nine shots because most of Vardy's goals come from penalties. So he scored four penalties. He's only scored two goals from open play and had nine shots for those. Uh, up next is Patrick Bamford. He's had 23 shots, six goals, which is a conversion rate of 26%. Then we go all the way up to Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who's quite a bit ahead of uh, Patrick Bamford. Uh, he scored seven goals with 20 shots, which is a conversion rate of 35%. And this is a very dramatic jump. Like, we've just gone 9%. Now we're about to go 22%. Human Son has had 14 shots this entire season from open play. He's scored no penalties, no free kicks, or anything from uh, standstill play, like free kicks or anything. He's scored eight goals. That's a conversion rate of 57% from open play. And a lot of those goals are from Kane. I'm pretty sure the majority of them are from Kane, like passes from Kane. But a conversion rate of 57% of 14 shots is absolutely mind-blowing. So I think if Kane was to get injured, I don't think Son is going to have a problem finding the back of the net. That is absolutely incredible stats. That is, that is good stuff. But, you know, Son up front... On a counter, I'd say some may not have a problem finding the net, but is he going to have the, you know, excellent delivery behind him? And this is kind of opening up the players. Well, we meant I mentioned earlier that you know how high I hold Kane in terms of his vision on the pitch. Kane has almost kind of adopted the play as like a almost like a ten in the way he plays his football, but he's still the bagsman. It's, it's very interesting, but that's you know how far he's adapted this vision. So the only thing that I would say I'd be concerned about if I was a Spurs fan is if, you know, take Son out of the equation, Kane doesn't have, you know, the, the arguably second or, or first most seasoned person at finding the net. Or if Son doesn't have Kane, is he going to still get the same delivery? Yeah. I don't know if the two of them need to be together in order to, to get the most out of each other. I mean, that, it's kind of throwing a bit of discredit on some of the other attackers they've got. I mean, they have also got Gareth Bale kicking about. You know, I'm not, not forgetting about a, G, a big GB9. But you've got, <laughs> you've got Bale, you've got Bergwijn, who, again, very competent winger, very competent. And Lucas Moura, who, although has maybe fallen a little bit short on the Spurs technology, he still, still gets his appearances and still plays his games, you know not as solidified as a starter as much, more of a coming off the bench player and every now and again. But, you know, lest we forget a few years ago, he had that absolutely incredible Champions League run, you know, which is, would be a shame to, 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 to not remember because it was absolutely exemplary. I might say something controversial here. Because Spurs, have, like Spurs fans have such rose-tinted views towards Lucas Moura because his name is tied in with that amazing comeback against, you know, in the Champions League. I don't think he's as good as people. He's very good. He's so quick. He's great at dribbling. Um, he, he could have good. I think. I don't think he's what Spurs need. That's why they did bring in Gareth Bale. 
because I think Lucas Moura was brought in as a right winger. They obviously weren't getting the, you know, the fill-in that they needed, and they had to bring in Gareth Bale, who also plays on that right wing spot. He, like you say, he did get, you know, he uh, he's down the pecking order a bit now. But I think there's always going to be that rose-tinted view of Lucas Moura when it comes to him in the Spurs squad. I wouldn't be surprised if he shipped out in the next couple of seasons. Yeah, no, I, I could see exactly the same thing. I, I think, I think. The perception of Mora, I think, I think it, obviously, like you said, there's going to be the rose tint based on what he did. And, you know, you can't forget that, especially when it's so impactful to the club. But I feel like the the condition of Mora and how he plays, I think everyone's kind of aware, you know, a good, a good player, but like you said, not a solidified starter. So I, I think I agree with you in the sense that I may not see him there, you know, for too much longer. He could potentially move on. Um, but in terms of whether Bale was brought in to replace him, I don't, I just think the whole move for Gareth Bale was just like, uh, it was. Publicity. It was just. Yeah, it was just just for it to be meaningful. I don't necessarily think that even if they weren't massively happy with Moore in that position, you know, I feel like other right wingers, you know, you, you could have got someone else in, but I felt like it was like Bell was offered, and then it's like, oh, okay, we could bring Bell back. Okay, <laughs> don't panic. Be calm. Be cool. <sighs> okay, yeah, we'll be interested in that. What can we do to make sure that, that happens? I think it was just one of those situations where it was like, you know, it's it's a club icon. We want to get him back at the club. And, you know, Bell is still an absolutely brilliant player, but he still has had his issues over the last couple of years. Um, scorer of great goals and an amazing, you know, with the ball at his feet. But there's definitely been a decline over the, over the past few years, um, mainly yeah. due to, you know, issues with Zidane and stuff, blah, all that stuff. Yeah, definitely. But, and he seems to uh, be uh, pretty good at scoring bicycle kicks as well. I mean, uh, there was something around the 20, uh, around 2017 that I just – it's, it's past me now, but yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> but also, <laughs> the question raises as well, because Kane is so injury-prone, so is Gareth Bale. Is this season going to be like, oh, we've got two of our best players out, now we're going to just have to rely on Hyungmin Son up front, Sergi Ber- uh, you know, Stephen Bergwijn, and also – Lucas on the on the wings, and you're exactly where you were, you know, before before the lockdown happened, before uh, you know, before Kane was fully fit to come back and play. It, yeah. It's just like a, it's it's the same scenario as last year, where they struggled so much with injuries. I mean, they had Sissoko out as well. Uh, they had Ben Davies out as well. They had so many injury worries, and I don't think that they brought in enough players or have nurtured that very well to combat those problems really I think that's the big problem that people have with Spurs is that they don't have the ways to combat injuries that much yeah I mean in the Europa League the other day I completely forgot until I was reminded about it Spurs brought in that Vinicius from Benfica I really wasn't too familiar with who he was before that I won't lie but you know he had some good numbers for Benfica for the season prior so you know okay and in the Europa League the other day albeit you know playing against a lesser comp- a lesser side in that in that particular competition but that Vinicius pulled off a brilliant assist kind of like a running along the left just outside to um, to the left of the box and kind of backheeled it in to I believe Mora to finish it and I thought it was like wow okay that's brilliant you know that, that's a really good assist and I'm thinking you know Spurs have got this guy they've brought in with this assumed goal scoring record from a, you know the Portuguese league to potentially come in and do a job because the most the heavy, most heavily critical thing about Spurs fairly recently has been their lack of signing a backup striker, which they did poke a bit of fun at on Twitter. You know, it was like, oh, yeah, we finally like listened to you in the announcement video. And part of me just read that, and just like, oh, just 
put my face in my hand but what are they doing here you know but it, it, was, it was it was quite funny so they've got this guy and I think that was that was good I, I won't say I know too much about him I haven't really we also haven't seen him in the Premier to my knowledge um he could have played. I haven't seen him yet. A lot of um, people that will know, know a lot of people that will know stuff about him are those that play football manager because he's a young kid and everyone signs it. Every, all the young kids. That's where all this romanticising about these young talents come from. I blame yeah. football manager. Blame the video games. Uh. <laughs> football manager and career mode. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, so you know they, they've definitely been identifying some of their places in recent times where they can improve on. And Sun can get goals from the left and up front, you know, we've seen it both times. You know, I, I quite like uh, Sun playing in the middle. And, you know, ideally, a team where you've got Kane and Sun playing with a player like Bale or, or Bergwijn or someone to come off the bench or to, to start alongside them, it is very good. It's a very good idea. And, I mean, do you – one of the biggest things for Mourinho, do you give him the credit for retaining these players? Because Absolutely. after the whole thing with Poch, you know, a few of these guys could have been heading for the exit door, especially Kane and Son. So do you reckon you give Mourinho any credit for keeping him around? Absolutely, because Mourinho still carries the name around him. You know, it's not like he was not winning titles in the fact in in the time that he was bouncing around clubs. He was fired from Chelsea. He went to other club. He went to Manchester United. Yeah, he didn't exactly win the Premier League. He came second. Mm. He came second in the Premier League, which Manchester United have not able to do since. Um, he's won. He won the Europa League. Uh, did he win an FA Cup? I won the League Cup. Yeah, he won the League Cup. Um, have Manchester United won anything since? Not that I know about. The point stands. Mourinho is a massive name, and Spurs, are, Spurs knew this. Spurs 100% knew this, and that's why they got a manager like Mourinho after such a great manager like Pochettino who has nurtured all these young players up to where they are today. They needed someone to retain that. And Mourinho's the guy. And he's the one that's going to get the most out of the strike duo, I think. I mean, he's the most getting out of the, you know, he's the manager that's getting the most out of his strike duo in the Premier League right now. I think it's time we roll it back in for some more statistics. Um, so compared to the rest of the league, I've got some of the league's deadliest duos, right? So compared to the rest of the league. So we're going to start with just two, you know, two players on, on, on a team. So, you know, pretty, pretty standard. James Rodriguez and Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Combined, they have 10 goals and three assists combined. That's 13 goal contributions. Now, let's go over to Manchester, and we're going to have a look at United. Uh, the most deadly duo, to be honest, because a lot of them aren't scoring, to be honest. It, I mean, you would personally agree. Bruno Fernandes and Marcus Rashford. They have combined five goals and four assists. Um, I think, you know, de you know, depending on where the, what side of the coin you're on, most of those are from penalties, but um, <laughs> don't give me that face, Joe. <laughs> um, uh, but then, he is quite, you know, compared to the Liverpool attacking three, Salah, Mane and Firmino, 11 goals and three assists. That's three people. And arguably, one of the greatest teams in Premier League history, Manchester City, Kevin De Bruyne, Raheem Sterling, uh, Gabriel Jesus and Sergio Aguero combined four goals and two assists. Compare that four people to the deadly duo of Kane and Son, 13 goals and 10 assists. 
it speaks for itself, doesn't it, really, just of what we're dealing with right now. I mean, so many of the big clubs have started so weirdly this season, whether it's been, you know, points lost through draws or just a, a ra- really random loss. It's, it's still fresh in the mind, a 7-2 loss for Liverpool. What was going on there? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't mention that. <laughs> but no, so, yeah, I mean, that, that, that happened this season. We're seeing, you know, big clubs. We saw Man City held to a draw the weekend. You know, we saw United and Chelsea draw. You know, we're seeing a lot of clubs coming quite underwhelming. Arsenal losing to Leicester, which probably Leicester were the favourites anyway, let's be honest. But, um, <laughs> but Arsenal losing out there as well. Yeah, so we're seeing, you know, a lot of big clubs floundering. And it's just crying out for someone to poach it, isn't it? I mean, Everton lost, they've been in great momentum. Villa lost, they've been in great momentum. The Premier League's open right now. And, you know, and Spurs could potentially snatch, you know, I wouldn't rule that out. But, you know, they'd have to find something they haven't been able to find before. And, if they couldn't find it under a manager like Pochettino, I don't know. I've just, I've just thought of something. How have I not been able to mention this on the podcast already, right? Firmino scored. He did score. He scored. Yeah. How did that happen? Yeah. When did that happen? The game I, I don't watch, they win. <laughs> yeah, Firmino scores. I, was like, I, saw, I, saw the, I saw the score. I saw, I saw it came in. I was thinking, oh, Reese will, will be shocked. <laughs> oh, I was. I was flabbergasted. <laughs> that's a big word, flabbergasted. That's 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 the average pundit word of the day, flabbergasted to uh to to to, to describe my feelings towards Firmino's goal. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you've got you know two people that are currently just absolutely leading the goals and assists, and and Spurs, like we said, they could potentially capitalise on it. They've got a manager in Mourinho. You know, leave it to your your, your guys' opinion. We want to know what you think of, of Mourinho as a manager. I have my own opinions i do you know won't discredit him as as what he's done in the past and he, he did well for united as well you know he, he he did what he could without backing from the board it's seeming now like levy is starting to back him a little bit more not fully i don't think but you he kind of was like yeah okay i'll, I'll give you what i can what he can so he got <laughs> some of the back in um the last real point that i think to make obviously in retaining son and kane the players signed around them. You know, Tottenham did very good work in the summer, but they've potentially still got a few holes to do. Do you think if Levy doesn't give the backing to Mourinho and the team this January, potentially, you could see questions come about next summer? Yeah, because there's only certain ways that, you know, Hoiberg being brought in in the summer is going to get you. And mm. it, like you said, regular on with a buyback clause and Gareth Bale going on loan. They're going to have to start making some adjustments. I mean... People's contracts are coming up, uh, you know, next year. I mean, Manchester United signed Edinson Cavani on a free. Why isn't why didn't you know why didn't Spurs try and pick him up as a backup striker? Probably because Cavani doesn't want to be a backup striker. Let's be honest. But I think that people are going to have to start looking as to where contracts do end up, you know, given out. I mean, whose contracts are coming up? Who's going to be a free agent? They can start looking in January and making those offers for that point when there's six months left in the contract offers can start being made i think spurs do need to start looking into that they don't actually have to spend that much money they just have to offer the wages and that that's where the contract negotiations come in and that's where the offers do you know take any elongated period of time but maybe spurs do need a marquee signing i'm not sure whereabouts in the in the pitch they do need one, maybe another centre-back. I mean, Davidson Sanchez scored an own goal uh, against, I think it was, it was the game against uh, West Ham, wasn't it? That yeah. he scored the own goal. Um, I think that uh, there are, you know, maybe a central midfielder uh, to replace what they had in Christian Eriksen. Uh, I think that you know, someone, someone really high calibre in the central midfield to maybe take the workload off of Harry Kane 
and maybe allow him to start scoring alongside Son as well, get more goals and offload some of the assists onto someone else, like Bruno Fernandes did at Manchester United, you know, allowing Marcus Rashford to become the striker that he is and not necessarily an assisting winger uh, and uh, being able to help Martial in the scoring. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, yeah, and, and class and talent, you know, they're hard to come by sometimes. It's definitely hard to pry out of some clubs. You know, at the moment, the talent that people have got, they want to retain. I mean, that's the name of the game, isn't it? It's, it's easy to go out and, you know, do your scouting, but the hardest thing a lot of the time is retaining what you have. So I think Tottenham are definitely up for a challenge in the next couple of years if no silverware comes in. But we would love to hear what you guys think. Please do get in contact with us. Uh, we do have social media. As always, we are available on Twitter at Pundits Average, on Instagram and Facebook at The Average Pundits. Uh, our business email, if you want to inquire about potentially coming on the podcast, is theaveragepundits at outlook.com. Um, we're on social media. We're on streaming services as well. Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts. You know, wherever you get your podcast, please come and have a look for us. And of course, if you are watching this and you're seeing our faces, we are on YouTube. Please subscribe. Um, we're so close, like we said, to our end of year goal, and we're end of, we're close to doing it extremely soon. You know, we've been around for 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 about a year now, just over a year. We've been around now. Um, and it would be a really, really good way to uh, to, to finish things off. And like I said, my, my birthday is on the Friday, so it will be a, a lovely little birthday gift as well. Absolutely. Um, yeah, be a nice little one. But as always, Rhys, thank you for joining me, mate. No, it's been a really interesting podcast. And I hope that, you know, maybe if you guys liked it, you know, comment down below. Do you like Reese's Stats Corner? I personally quite enjoyed it, to be honest. I felt like a proper, we're not average pundits anymore, Joe. I felt like a proper pundit giving all these statistics <laughs> today. So, uh, but yeah, as, as Joe said, let's try and get to 100 subscribers by Friday. A little, a little bit of a, a birthday present for this man to my, uh, I guess, uh, to my right, uh, I guess. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm getting confused but uh, this little sub counter above me make sure that hits 100 by the next time that we have a podcast you will see it change and then we might have a new goal in mind let's go for 200 why not but yeah Joe thank you uh, thank you for, for being the great host as you are and uh, I mean we're not going to have a podcast until after your birthday so I guess happy birthday <laughs> thank you very much thank you very much Reece. thank you very much everyone for watching and listening and we will see you guys